with the roar of tortured engines and the scream of insane machine spirits. The dread and towering nobility of extinction descend upon their enemies. Chaos Knights are gigantic and warped abominations of iron, malice, and eternal hatred. With earth-shattering strides they annihilate buildings, and with colossal treads they grind foes into a bloody paste, all the while unleashing annihilating firepower from monstrous weapons of ancient origin. A single Chaos Knight is a giant mobile war suit many times the height of a man. They are of ancient design, crafted in a dark age to withstand the terrors of the galaxy. Now its power and awesome presence is turned upon any its master wishes. With roars blaring from amid our grills, burning engines and steams of fist-sized shells, it can flatten a fortress by itself and tear through entire formations. Yet, few operate as lone hunters, and the forces of many worlds have whimpered in fear at the sight of armies of these predatory giants advancing on their positions. Despoiling behemoths deflect the enemy's fire from their ion shields as they advance inexorably, while swifter hunting engines take their master's victims with ambushing enfilades. The titanic night suits are piloted by fallen nobles from twisted households, serving the dark wills of the chaos gods from upon their throne's mechanicum. They are heirs of corrupted dynasties, or vicious sellswords who seethe with an endless desire to conquer and rule. They hate the Imperium, seeing it as a swath of weak serfs whose only destiny is to die or to serve in cowering obeisance to the dread household superiority. Their once rigid codes of honor and chivalry have been warped and twisted to selfish and diabolical ends, employed to justify any heinous deed. A Dark Nobility Chaos Knights tower over the battlefield, each a god of war wrought in iron, piloted by nobles who have forsworn their allegiance to the Imperium. These bipedal engines of destruction are amongst the most fearsome creations in the galaxy. The dread roar of tortured engines and warp-infused macro-servos precedes the coming of the Chaos Knights. With vast strides, the gargantuan machines draw ever closer to their quarry, their trudging footfalls sending quakes through the shattered earth. Long shadows extend before them, shrouding their enemies in darkness, whilst suffocating plumes of plasmic exhaust 
pour down from maw-like vents in their carapace. Those marked for death by the knights are gripped by the inescapable truth that their doom approaches, and as they open fire upon the towering machines, the last of their hope evaporates. Flickering ion shields absorb the incoming fire, energy blasts dissipating and artillery shells exploding harmlessly before they can strike their targets. Undaunted, the knights continue their ominous march. Their bristling weapon systems grind into firing positions, and with thunderous cracks, they unleash annihilation upon the foe. Enormous melta weapons shoot beams of searing heat that erupt into fiery novas, immolating infantry and reducing armored vehicles to bubbling slag. Monstrous battle cannons rain hails of explosive shells upon the foe, detonating with enough force to crack open a ferrocrete bunker. Rockets and missiles streak through the skies towards the most threatening opponents, annihilating these priority targets with punishing swiftness. Those enemies not instantly obliterated by the opening barrage are cut down by blinding bursts of laser weaponry or atomized by the knight's plasma-fueled armaments. As the survivors desperately seek to hold the line, the knights fire streams of solid shot that tear through flesh and armor, leaving only shredded corpses and a thick crimson mist where the soldiers once rallied. Those who do not flee at the titanic machine's approach are blasted apart at close range, immolated by jets of burning promethium, or simply ground to pulp beneath immense taloned feet. Looming over their enemies, the knights swing their colossal chainswords in reaping arcs. Jagged adamantine teeth saw through tank holes with contemptuous ease and liquefy the hapless crews inside. Other knights use a warp strike claw to pulverize their foes, crushing war machines to scrap with their obliterating grip or using the energy-wreathed fists like wrecking balls to batter aside all resistance. Each Chaos Knight is an unhallowed relic of humanity's ancient past. They are twisted reflections of the Imperial Knights, corrupted in form and spirit by fell sorceries, dark worship, and malefic re-engineering. The Knight suits were first created using standard template constructs, during the Dark Age of Technology. And some have survived through the innumerable wars that have characterized the long millennia since. For generations uncounted, the colossal war machines have been piloted by nobles, 
these aristocratic warriors are possessed of enough physical, mental, and spiritual fortitude to survive the ritual of becoming. Commune with the throne mechanicum at each war machine's heart, and thus bond with their knight suit. In the case of Chaos Knights, such rituals are tainted by warp entities, malefic sorceries, and the perversions of the nobles themselves. At first, the knight may appear unchanged, but in its core, the irrevocable process of rot has already begun. Over years or even centuries, chaos energies seep into the war engine, torturing its machine spirit and mutating its mechanical form. Where once the suit and its pilot were gleaming beacons of imperial honor, the Chaos Knight and its fallen noble now comprise a symbiotic beast of unfettered wrath and base hatred. A single Chaos Knight has as much resilience and firepower as a small army. Those that have turned upon or even butchered the rest of their knightly household are termed Dreadblades by the Ordo Hereticus. They typically operate as lone wolves and mercenaries, lending their immense might to heretical warlords in exchange for relics, arcane knowledge, or five planets upon which they can enact their cruelties. Dreadblades are often followed into battle by hordes of warriors, chaos space marines who revere the knight's destructive potential, and throngs of cultists who worship the machines as manifestations of the Dark God's will. At other times, multiple Dreadblades will gather together, focusing their disparate fury towards a single purpose. Even more terrifying than the individualistic Dreadblades are the night houses that have fallen in their entirety to chaos. Those that have sided with traitor Titan Legions and the Dark Mechanicum are known as Infernal Houses and use techno-sorcery and demonic entities to bolster their capabilities of the night suits. Other knightly courts, known as Iconoclast Houses, have more varied heretical allegiances. Some have renounced their allegiance to the Imperium in order to maintain oaths of fealty to heretic Astartes legions, or the Dark Gods themselves, whereas others have done so to carve out their own dread empires. The Corruption of Chivalry Where each loyalist knight embodies a long history of honor and self-sacrifice, the Chaos Knights come from a lineage of horror and depravity. Only through unspeakable atrocities and malefic rituals were these knightly lines able to be corrupted, and the tally of slaughter has only been added to since their fall. 
Millennia ago, the Great Crusade saw worlds across the length and breadth of the galaxy brought under the Emperor's almighty rule. But at its zenith, the Imperium was shattered by treachery. War Master Horus and half of the Space Marine Legions succumbed to the corruptions of the warp, and, in the name of the Dark Gods, launched an apocalyptic campaign against the Imperium. The galaxy was riven by civil war. The Legion's Astartes slaughtered their erstwhile allies. Worlds were incinerated by teeming armies of heretics. And the light of hope carried forth by the Emperor was replaced by bitter darkness. It was during this time that the first nights fell to chaos. Many amongst the Imperium had thought it impossible for the noble houses to be corrupted. The throne's mechanicum to which they were bonded altered the nobles' psyches and synaptic makeups, conditioning them against harboring thoughts of betrayal or sedition. Indeed, the majority of the night worlds fought aggressively to stem the tide of heresy, putting down any rebellious elements within their own societies before joining in the wider battle alongside the loyalist space marine legions. Due to their sheer power and unflagging loyalty, the knights were crucial to the Imperial war effort on countless bloody battlefields. Yet it was this same loyalty that led some to side with the archenemy. Innumerable Mechanicum Forge worlds sided with Horus, as did many of the Knight Houses that had sworn undying fealty to the tech priests of those worlds. As the Dark Mechanicum delved deeper into the arts of profane techno-sorcery, so too were the knights in their service tainted by chaos. Rune-marked knights marched to war alongside traitor Titan legions, unleashing devastation upon the defenders of the Imperium. Other fallen households upheld their oaths to space marine legions that turned traitor. The nobles of these houses followed their own codes of conduct to the latter, serving without question and answering all calls to war, and in doing so placed themselves on the path to damnation. Other knights turned upon their own houses and renounced all ties to their bloodlines swayed by the whispering of malefic entities in their dreams, or bound to the will of the dark gods through sorcerous rituals. Thus were the Chaos Knights born, and in the hundred centuries since, they have continued to spread death and terror throughout the stars. For a noble to bond with their throne mechanicum is a harrowing process, only the most worthy individuals, women and men possessed of formidable physical, mental, and spiritual strength, are able to survive the ritual of becoming.
those who do are forever changed. In the fastness of each noble house, there is a sacred room known as the Chamber of Echoes. Within the Chamber of Echoes, the would-be pilot is wired into a throne mechanicum and left in isolation so that their worth may be judged. Residing in the throne mechanicum are the geist-like echoes of each of its former occupants. Every one of these electro-spirits was once a noble, and it is they who assess the new supplicant's worth. Coursing through the neural sockets directly into the noble's mind, they are able to pry open the supplicant's innermost thoughts and closely guarded secrets. The ritual lasts long and terrible hours, and those nobles who are found wanting are utterly consumed by the process. Those who are deemed worthy are bonded eternally with the throne mechanicum and with their forebears who dwell inside it. The ritual of becoming is not the only means by which a noble becomes a pilot. It is a necessary defense against corruption. A throne mechanicum is a shield to prevent the awesome power of a knight from being wielded by one capable of treachery. From the moment they become, a pilot's thoughts are influenced by their throne even when they do not sit in it. Notions of fealty, obligation, and hierarchy are emblazoned at the forefront of the pilot's mind, as is a deep, undivided respect for the noble's ancestors and their household traditions. Such conditioning should make treachery impossible, but the will of the dark gods is strong, and their corruptions truly insidious. Knights have continued to fall to chaos in the millennia since the Horus heresy. Surviving knights returning battered from long crusades have brought more than tales of heroism back with them. Decades of slaughter against enemies steeped in the stuff of the warp can erode the resolve of even the most stoic noble. The corruption of chaos working its way into their mind through the connection of the throne mechanicum. Night worlds lying on the edge of raging empiric storms have inexorably transformed by the outflow of raw warp energy. On more than one occasion, such a planet has been enveloped entirely by a nightmarish tempest, only to later re-emerge its population devoured by demons, and its war engines hideously transfigured. Other knights have slowly succumbed to corruption over the long campaigns they have fought on the side of the Imperium. After butchering endless tides of frenzied heretics for centuries without rest, the pursuit of carnage can become synonymous with duty. This is especially true for those knights fighting in isolation from their household kin, 
or in war zones where reality is distorted by the dread influence of the warp. Caked in the blood of a thousand conflicts and faced with horror in every direction, the mechanized warriors lose the ability to differentiate between ally and enemy. Even the spectral gestalt of their throne mechanicum becomes blinded by the need to kill, not caring who or what is the focus of the knight's destructive fury. Several knights thought lost in battle have later been discovered to have fallen and to have continued their slaughters unabated. Iconoclast Houses Iconoclast houses are defined by the malice and madness that led to their corruption. In place of honor, they pursue only conquest, destroying whatever enemies stand before them to expand their tyrannical domains. Many have long histories of depravity that stretch back for thousands of years. Though new iconoclast houses can be formed wherever the taint of the warp takes hold. The pilots of the first iconoclast households had already become before the Horus heresy. The enormity of the Imperium's fracturing had devastating effects on those knight households whose allegiance lay with the traitors. As the heretical war spread across the galaxy, the ghosts within hundreds of Thrones Mechanicum howled in anguish. Their imprinted spirits were tortured by the impossibility of upholding their honor and maintaining their loyalty in the face of their traitor master's deeds of betrayal. The neural outcry was such that some nobles were driven insane by it, while others suffered gruesome cranial hemorrhages. Others still continued blindly into damnation, claimed by that most insidious trap of believing honestly that those to whom they had sworn their oaths fought for a just cause. The vast majority of turncoat nobles were subjected to immense torments. They were ceaselessly assaulted by feelings of shame and hatred. Their every negative emotion amplified and echoed by the ancestral spirits of their thrones mechanicum. According to the Code Chivalric, failure to perform one's duties is a transgression that can only be absolved through selfless service. As such, these knights fought all the harder for their treacherous lieges. At the commands of their heretical lords, lances of chaos knights tore bloody paths through the Imperium's armies. Once honorable nobles led attacks to desecrate cities and enslave the populations of entire planets. Miles-high statues dedicated to the Emperor were toppled by knights' ceaseless bombardments, and in their place, profane monuments were erected to glorify the cruelties of the Dark Gods. These attempts to quell their self-loathing through unquestioning service 
only added fuel to the fire. The knights were compelled toward greater extremes of brutality and further depths of depravity, and with every debased action, the screams of their thrones mechanicum grew louder. Over time, the Chaos Knights became unrecognizable as the valiant warriors they once were. Some had transformed into incarnations of carnage. They hacked their way through the steel and flesh of their foes, seeking to drown their unrelenting anguish in oceans of blood. Others became agents of instability. Their motivations and allegiances upended constantly by the hateful tempests that raged in their souls. The insanity that festered inside each Chaos Knight corroded the notions of chivalry, twisting concepts of honor and duty into new and nightmarish ideals. These fallen nobles justified the most heinous atrocities they committed reasoning that since they had been bred to be exemplars of virtue, every action they took must therefore be virtuous. Whilst incinerating the defenders of an imperial bastion, a knight would conclude that such measures must be necessary, for otherwise their codes of virtue would not allow them to immolate their victims. By the same grotesque logic, if roasting alive a hundred imperial soldiers was an act of honor, then there could be no greater honor than seeing the entire galaxy set ablaze. Since the Horus Heresy, thousands of individual knights, and even whole knight households, have fallen to chaos. Each an instance of treachery is a monumental blow to the Imperium. The nobles and their night suits are not only crucial cogs in humanity's war machine, they are considered to be amongst the most unshakably loyal servants of the Emperor. The mere suggestion that a noble could forswear their vows and fight against the Imperium's servants is tantamount to blasphemy. It is whispered that the Departmento Munitorium has had imperial officers executed for heresy rather than lend credence to their claims that they have done battle with turncoat nobles. Yet the terrifying reality is that Chaos Knights bent on anarchy and slaughter march upon the Emperor's realm in ever greater numbers. Chaos Knights are able to cover enormous distances when battling across a planet, marching unhindered through toxic atmospheres and over irradiated continents to reach their enemies. When their wars stretch beyond a single world, many of their kind use corrupted explorator craft and mass conveyance barges to transport themselves to the front lines. On the most warp-drenched battlefields, the horrific war engines have been known to storm forth from empiric tears in reality. Streamers of sickening warp stuff cling to their brutal forms like fluttering pennants as they unleash fusillades of monstrous firepower 
tearing enemy squads apart. Fallen nobles embark on campaigns of destruction for many reasons. Some do so to conquer territory in the name of the baleful deities they worship. Others have sworn fealty to the Dark Mechanicum, the Heretic Astartes, or other powerful demonic entities. Others still are driven by insanity and profane visions, launching quests to upend the very fabric of existence and transform the galaxy into a twisted hellscape. The tortures endured by each Chaos Knight pilot serve to permanently corrupt their throne mechanicum. Upon their death, the imprinted remnants of a fallen noble remain in their throne, where the twisted visions of virtue spreads to other spectral echoes like a rampant infection. No longer will the throne serve to shield the pilot from corruption. It now feeds the depraved desires of those who would bond with it. Bloodlust, sadism, psychosis were fostered in the lines of fallen nobles that flowed from the first Chaos Knights, giving rise to the tyrannical warlords of the early iconoclast houses. Lurking behind the skin of reality lies a realm of infinite energy, emotion, and possibility known as the warp. It is a hellish dimension where the passions, hatreds, desires, and fears of the galaxy's people coalesce into monstrous entities. These are the four chaos gods. Corn, the blood god, patron of warriors and murderers, font of infinite rage, Sinch, the changer of ways, master of fate, sorcery, and mutation, Nurgle, the plague lord, the bloated and ebullient deity of disease, Slanesh, the dark prince, the ultimate expression of hedonism, vanity, and obsession. It is from the stuff of these abhorrent beings that the demons of chaos flow, and it is to their cruel wills that those entities are enslaved, as are countless damned mortals. Lurking beyond the veil, the chaos gods war ceaselessly with one another, and with the denizens of real space their demonic foot soldiers surging through wherever a warp storm or empiric breach forms. Many fallen nobles have been seduced by the poisoned promises of the Chaos Gods, just as the traitor legions were before them. In some cases, entire iconoclast or infernal houses devote themselves to a single deity. They daub that god's sigil upon their knight's suits, raise profane temples and idols to their chosen patron, and dedicate the souls of those they slaughter to their empiric masters. Others are pantheistic in their worship, with individual fallen nobles choosing different patron gods, 
to the remainder of their household, or offering dark prayers to whichever deity they believe will aid them in any given moment. The Chaos Gods are vast entities whose gaze spans all of time and space, and to catch their fleeting regard for even an instant requires deeds so ghastly that they will stain their perpetrator's soul forevermore. Yet for those damned few who earn the gods' blessings, the rewards can be great. Gifts of earthly power are granted to those who sell their eternal soul to the chaos gods. From flourishing psychic abilities to boons of physical might or unholy fortitude. At times, even the sudden conjuration of demonic armies to fight alongside the chosen noble. Infernal Houses Through close ties with the Dark Mechanicum, the Infernal Houses find ever more twisted ways to warp their weapons and machinery. In brutal campaigns, they strip worlds of their material resources and enslave entire populations, funneling their plunder into nightmarish rituals to infuse their night suits with the power of chaos. Not all knights fell to chaos in the same manner as those of the iconoclast houses. Those whose pilots had sworn allegiance to the heretics of the Dark Mechanicum were the subjects of countless dread rituals, each designed to corrupt the supposedly incorruptible technologies of the throne's Mechanicum. The true knowledge of how the thrones functioned was beyond the kin of even the most ancient magi, but the colossal military potential of the knights spurred them to conduct ever more depraved experiments. The traitor magi of the Dark Mechanicum emerged millennia ago from a schism among the tech priests. Amongst the myriad organizations that made up the Great Crusade, it was the Mechanicum of Mars that was most successful in securing oaths of fealty from the night houses. The Martian tech priests coveted the ancient archaeotech that they possessed and were eager to exploit the rich mineral wealth of the various night worlds. In return, the sacristan orders who tended to the knights were inducted into confidence of the Omnissiah, regaining many lost secrets of mechanical artifice that allowed them to better serve their masters. From the ashes of the Horus heresy, loyalist tech priests emerged as Adeptus Mechanicus. The heretics of the Dark Mechanicum, however, fell deeper into unholy techno-sorcery taking the houses that sided with them down a dark path indeed. On hellish forge worlds, dark magi created their own grim simulacra of the Chamber of Echoes. Into these screaming obulets, they dragged the throne's mechanicum from captured night suits, often with the broken and bloody pilot still attached. 
Many of these chambers were lined with arcane devices that were used to bombard the captive thrones with focused warp energies. Others bristled with mechadendritic tentacles that parasitically fused themselves to the throne. Through them, demonic entities were able to surge into the host tissue of the newly wired pilot. Certain sects of the Dark Mechanicum raised base warrior champions who fought one another for the right to bond with a night suit. These individuals were not trained in the ways of the noble households, but the prospect of piloting blinded them to the dangers of attempting to become. The results of these procedures were ubiquitously gruesome, but amidst the tortured cries, the explosions of flesh, and the scrapcoat howls of the tainted thrones, the magi of the Dark Mechanicum gleaned volumes of morbid data. Arcane procedures were devised to scramble the geists that dwelt within each throne. Spectrophagic demons were summoned to devour the spirit echoes of past pilots. The Thrones Mechanicum and the night suits themselves were seeded with pathogenic scrap code, and in some rare cases, the Magi used their technologies to open interstitial warp rifts inside the ancient circuitry clusters. Though only a fraction of the night suits and thrones that were captured survived these torturous experiments, those that did were corrupted beyond redemption, as were any pilots unfortunate enough to survive. Through unspeakable procedures, the Dark Mechanicum bonded these fallen nobles to their tainted war engines, thus creating the progenitors of the infernal houses. Chaos corruption seeded into a throne mechanicum spreads into the rest of the night like rot. The night's massive actuators, the hissing capacitors of its baleful weapons, and its red-hot reactor core are bent to the insane will of the pilot and the spectral inhabitants of the throne. No longer does the war engine march with bold and purposeful strides, with every colossal movement being the result of generations of discipline and training within the night households. Instead, the Chaos Knights lope forward with predatory haste, eager to drink in the deaths of its next band of foes. Gone is the imperative desire to protect its allies, to form the immovable center of a defensive line or the unstoppable point of a combined charge. The Chaos Knight's machine spirit cares nothing for those alongside whom it fights. Whether they live or die is of little concern, so long as it can engage in rampant slaughter. If a loyalist knight is akin to its noble's valiant steed, Chaos Knights are closer to rabid warhounds. A fallen pilot fights constantly to retain dominance over their hate-filled war engine and force it to obey their will. 
It is a fight from which not all fallen nobles emerge victorious. Drooling blood or acidic oils, ocular lenses burning with murder lust, and holes wreathed in miasmal fumes or cracking hellfires. It is clear to all who look upon Chaos Knights that whatever nobility resided within these deranged war engines, it has long soured into hate and madness. Dread Blades Not all fallen nobles offer fealty or suffer bonded servitude to a dread household. Dread Blades call no one master. These lone knights are perhaps the most dangerous, for their obsessions, insanities, and whims are given free reign. They bestride the galaxy as questing despots, fulfilling their cruelest desires while descending into damnation. The horrors that cause a knight to become a dreadblade are as varied as the currents of chaos themselves. Some fallen nobles are led onto this path of damnation through illusion and trickery. Others find themselves exiled as a result of their growing insanity or some grievous contravention of their house's twisted codes of honor. Others still choose a violent solitude of their own volition as a means to pursue revenge and to fulfill their sworn oaths of murder. Regardless of the underlying reason, a fallen noble who turns their back on the Imperium and their household is forever outcast. Yet this only makes them more deadly. Freed from the bonds of fealty and subservience, there's nothing to stop a dreadblade from pursuing their own nightmarish devices. They may travel from war zone to war zone to slake their and their iron steeds, lust for carnage, or hunt down and destroy all in the galaxy who have offended their twisted dignity. A great many dreadblades hail from houses that are still loyal to the Imperium and the Omnissiah. During the Horus Heresy, when the rest of their households sided with loyalists, individual knights felt honor-bound to maintain their fealty to the traitors. Countless such schisms occurred across the galaxy, and though many of the rebelling knights were permanently silenced in titanic duels, others disappeared into the stars, only to re-emerge alongside the armies of the War Master. Many more loyal nobles have fallen in the millennia since, some were driven insane by the debilitating touch of fell Xenos weaponry or sorcery. Others were compelled towards an existence of indiscriminate slaughter by corrosive nanophages eating into their throne, made susceptible to demonic influence by empiric energies. Others still become embittered by their treatment at the hands of former brothers and sister lords, 
ravaged by hardships endured in a life of exile beyond their house. Until, at last, the wound to their honor becomes so great that they take up the mantle of Dreadblade. Other knights who become Dreadblades are those captured in battle. Their allies wiped out, and their suits damaged to the point that they can no longer fight. A horrific fate awaits these warriors. Their minds and souls are gradually eroded through the use of sorcerous torture and demonic rituals. Notions of loyalty and honor are replaced with the depraved ideals of their captors and a screaming desire for carnage. The dread households of chaos themselves have also spawned numerous lone destroyers. Some of these traitor lineages have met their doom in battle, or were besieged within their keeps over the millennia, whether by imperial, xenos, or rival heretics, and only individual survivors have escaped their house's fall. Splinter Heart of House Yeren, the Skin Flayer of House Porvix, and Prince Ricard Vor Kinerix, ruler of his line, are known to have escaped the destruction of their world and house. They and others roam the most dangerous warp channels of the galaxy, preying upon isolated outposts and selling their immense power to traitors heretics, and apostates. None in their number care about the diabolical deeds they now commit, or who falls beneath their blades. There are then those dreadblades who, over the course of long, bloody campaigns, have lost the ability to perceive the path of righteousness. Surrounded by so much slaughter, their only notions of honor are tied to the killing strike of their blade or the obliterated blast of their battle cannon. Many such dread blades are completely unaware that they have fallen from grace. Their single-mindedness blinding them to the atrocities that they so wantonly commit. Dynastic strife within dread households can also result in the banishment of knights or in them abandoning their former kin. Savage power struggles fought between rival heirs to a specific lineage's crown are waged not only through assassination, political maneuvering, and attempted coups, but also in open combat between individual knights. Failure in such bouts often means death. For those that escape a lifetime of hatred Bitterness and the need for revenge awaits them as they forge their path anew and alone. Wars can easily break out between different lines of a house as competing factions vie for control of the entire dynasty. Such conflicts are common but usually swiftly and brutally put down by the house's ruler. They may be started due to simple greed the ruler's perceived weakness, or the desire for personal power and glory to win greater favor with the dark gods. 
those branches who choose sides poorly, if they are not forcibly dominated or slain by the victors, sometimes fracture into self-serving retinues, each dreadblade blaming the other for their family's loss of prestige and power. Wars may be ignited by clashes of ideology, fueled by cults growing among the fallen nobles, dedicated to one of the dark gods, or by outside forces seeking influence among the Chaos Knights and seeding distrust and revolt between them. At Orvesta, rival groups within House Thernagus each sought to broker alliances that would advantage the whole house and bring no small amount of prestige to themselves. The Iron Warriors Traitor Legion and the Dark Mechanicum of Bula IV each sought to undermine the other's treaties with the Thernagus Knights. Nobles were murdered, envoy knights butchered and scrapped, and a civil war that threatened Thurnagus' existence spiraled out of control. Eventually, the Dam Regis Lyda Thurangia ruthlessly crushed both competing factions within her court, sickened by their underhanded ways that had nearly torn her bloodline apart. Those she caught were ritually executed, while any conspirators who escaped were declared outcasts and forbidden from ever re-entering the subsector on pain of death. Over time, marching upon the path of the Dreadblades leads these fallen nobles and their Chaos Knights to become some of the strangest and most warped of all their kind. Some are wreathed in supernatural phenomena, their carapaces dancing with dark flame, or surrounded by clouds of cackling demonic attendants. Others listen too closely to the whispers that infest their throne mechanicum, learning to wield unclean sorcery at the expense of their sanity, or becoming consumed by an obsessive need to dominate. Others still grow folds of sinew or great barbed tusk, becoming lurching horrors that meld warped flesh with twisted machinery. Chronicles of Terror Lone Dreadblades have posed a significant threat to Imperial forces for thousands of years. Whether striking frontier settlements or haunting dangerous wastes alone, fighting beneath another's banner or leading entire armies of their own, these warriors are often impossible to predict. Loosed from the oversight of a dread household's court and the shackle of permanence that a home world represents, dread blades plague the galaxy as roving, nightmarish abominations. Tales of individual dreadblades and the ruinous paths they carve across the stars have evolved over time into myths and cautionary stories. Many benighted regions of the Imperium are home to dark legends of such shadowy monstrosities. 
They are whispered around guttering electro-lanterns by frontier miners, told by rot-gut-fueled guards in the dark watches of the night, or spread by rogue traders to warn off potential rivals from prime trade routes. The ecclesiarchy dismissed these rumors as the wanderings of enfeebled minds lacking the surety of faith. Even some bombastic inquisitors scoff at such tales, seeing them as born out of local megafauna or xenos attacks. Yet many such stories are all too true, the product of nightmarish attacks by masterless chaos knights. Lone dreadblades may have been abandoned upon a feral world. Unable to leave, and surrounded by a shrinking cabal of fawning idolaters. In such cases, the fallen nobles' only release from their company may be its rapacious attacks on terrified townships that see it as a demonic beast. Some haunt lesser-used trade routes preying upon luckless merchants, with so many stable warp routes made impassable by the emergence of the Great Rift. Passages and channels once viewed as too dangerous or cursed are being braved by the desperate or the foolhardy who realize only too late that they've entered a dreadblade's hunting ground. Even bereft of their lordly peers, a fallen noble on the path of the dreadblade is not alone. They are attended by a body of arcane idolaters who maintain the knight's panoply and weapons. Such cabal of techno-sorcerous artisans may have been cast out alongside the Chaos Knight, eternally tied to the noble's fate, for better or worse. Some idolaters willingly pledge themselves to a lone dreadblade, seeing the opportunity to rise in the noble's favor and in the warrior's unfettered state, the chance to acquire knowledge and power denied to them by more senior cults of their former house. Equally, not all dreadblades fight alone. Some gravitate towards similarly dispossessed or forgotten chaos knights, drawn together by some instinctive need for hierarchy or perhaps unknowingly directed by the will of the Dark Gods. Roving bands of Dreadblades are a blight upon the galaxy, capable of crushing entire armies beneath their stride. Still, other lone Chaos Knights fall in league with the Heretic Astartes, cults of demon worshippers, or rebellious armies of turncoats. Among these traitors, the Dreadblade fights as a sickeningly powerful mercenary, often uncaring of their allies' cause, yet eager to unleash their fury. The natural superiority and callous, martial pride of a fallen noble alone can dominate weaker wills with ease. Coupled with the power of the corrupted night suit, some amass legions of cowed militarum traitoris soldiery or fervent chaos cultist worshippers, 
these devotees see the Dreadblade as their monstrous king, anointed by the power of the gods of chaos, and worthy of any foul obeisance it commands. Triumvirate of Torment Scrawled images of the three chaos knights known as the Triumvirate of Torment have appeared among pre-warp human and xenos civilizations throughout the St. Meridius Strait. The knight-abominant Threstalagor leads them, eldritch energies twisting in the mantle of shadow that gathers about it. Flashes of multi-hued sorcery within the darkness reflect from Threstalagor's crimson flanks, etching cursed runes that shimmer with warplight. The fallen noble at its core, Grigor Karlis, is fused with his throne mechanicum. His flesh is stretched and melded with machinery and unpleasant growth. Upon Threstalagor's carapace, three psychers hang impaled on rusting spikes, tormented by wraith-like terror shades. Carolus feeds on their essence, letting it wind around his electrosurge and soak into Threstalagor's fabric. The unknown fallen noble within Talon of Ruin communicates only with snarls and metallic growls blasted from the night rampager's emitters. Not even Carolus's sorcery has been able to determine whether there remains a human occupant upon the Chaos Knight's throne. Talons of Ruin's fractured tilting shield and dented pauldrons bear faded imagery from several ancient houses, but its silent idolaters, missing tongues or with their mouths stitched together or welded over, are unable to tell the reason. The third of their cohort is the most voluble. Its armor is lacquered in lurid colors and emitters blaring with deafening tributes to murder. Regent of Nostria is a knight desecrator whose heraldry is sinuous sigils and writhing figures openly displays its pilot's worship of Slanesh, the chaos god of excess. Nicodemus the Amrothian skillfully cripples enemy war engines with Regent's laser destructor. Left defenseless, the knight tears them apart plucking screaming crew from within its massive barbed talons. Together, the Triumvirate of Torment have formed an unlikely alliance, each fueling the other's needs for destruction and reaping the rewards their wars provide. In their wake, the Chaos Knight's idolaters and enslaved thralls fall upon wounded foes, dragging them away to an eternity of servitude and worship of their titanic masters. Damas Goral and Woe Seeker Once mistress of the Noctulus and Ferd and Thrall Flare of Dinesh, Damas Goral abandoned the ranks of House Forost when she was declared a traitor for killing two of the king's heirs. That they had been worthless fops in her eyes was ignored 
The Damas saw then that her murders had come too late. A rot of decadent inertia was eroding what had once been iron-willed warriors. Goril escaped her circling enemies, casually sacrificing many loyal bondsmen to take her lightning-blazoned knight despoiler, woe-seeker, and forge a path of destruction worthy of its name. They have not rested in the dark years since. Goral and Woeseeker have raised forge moons, ambushed imperial landing sites, plundered millennia-old techno-archives, and slaughtered imperial and xenos forces in their dozens, striking like a thunderclap. She despises inactivity, worthless posturing, and superfluous greed where Goral perceives even a suggestion of failure or caution, she ruthlessly stamps it out and moves on without pause. Woe Seeker's temporary packs with the Black Legion warbands of Kolesh Gertz, the Radiant Disciples of Nonavoth, and traitors of the Deathland 223rd Pioneer Corps have become infamous for their brevity and their bloody conclusions. Woe Seeker tore through the Zinch worshippers of Nonavoth mid-battle when they paused in their assault to enact a sorcerous ritual. Driving the terrified survivors before it to soak up Imperial firepower and clog the enemy's blades. It contemptuously crushed Warlord Gertz beneath one massive foot during the warrior's elaborate shouted challenge to his salamander's opponent before obliterating the Imperial commander with a battle cannon shell and leading the remaining Black Legion to tear open the gates of Fundus Bragantis. For the commandment of Deathland 223rd, issuing his strategy from the rear lines and safety of a command tank, the Moss Goral offered him a more frontline role. Hefting the Commandant's tank in one giant gauntlet, she hurled it into the enemy's midst where it detonated like an oversized grenade. Woeseeker strode through the gap the explosion had torn open in the foe's defense, cannons already firing as Goral watched for the next lapse from those around her. Hope's Shroud In M36, the former Freeblade known as Hope's Shroud pledged its loyalty to the Ecclesiarch Gorge Vandire. In the name of faith, it massacred soldiers who fought to depose the tyrannical High Lord, and was even sent to eliminate its master's greatest detractor, Sebastian Thor. But before Hope Shroud could carry out its charge, Thor brought his armies to Terra. Vandire was eventually slain by members of his own bodyguard the warriors who would go on to found the Adeptus Sororitas. Upon learning that its liege had been murdered and named a traitor, the fallen noble and knight turned to hatred and weapons against all those who followed the Imperial Creed. Hope Shroud's pilot rejected the Imperial faith and instead embraced with greater fervor the creed of those the Imperium deemed heretics. Allying with heretical warbands to aid them in their vendetta, 
The noble and knight sought out the most faithful servants of the emperor so that they could slaughter in Van Dyer's name. Litany of Destruction The Living Litany, a Freeblade Knight who was the epitome of the questing champion. Driven by honor, this warrior traveled across battlefields, driving back Xenos and heretical foes alike. None know the truth behind the Living Litany's fall and its transformation into the monster known as the Litany of Destruction. Some say that a freak warp storm enveloped the pilot and his war machine during the battle for a Craneva Hexus. Others claim that the knight was exposed to a biomechanical contagion by agents of the Dark Gods. Some simply contend that the Litany of Destruction's lust for slaughter and devastation has become so all-encompassing that the allegiance of its victims has ceased to matter. Whatever the truth, where once Litany's vox arrays blared servants of worship in high gothic, they now howl deranged diatribes as the war machine enters the field of combat. Dread Pageantry Chaos Knights display on their chases the icons that denote their allegiance. Some bear the markings of their fallen households, and others the defaced remnants of imperial symbols, and others still the profane daubings of their worshippers. Together with personal arms and trophies of vile deeds, these form a knight's dark heraldry. Each dread household is identified by both its traditional colors and its icon. Chaos Knights that owe fealty may display those colors in different combinations and patterns. This forms the basis of the fallen noble's arms, marking them as individual warriors of dread renown. Such markings appear on the pennants and armored pauldrons of their knight suits, upon the banners that line their keeps, and even on the garb of their retainers. The pilots of some war dogs may bear heraldries that reflect or mirror those of the more powerful fallen noble they are bound to. Knights that have fallen into the service of the Chaos Gods also bear depraved symbols of their dark loyalty. The hateful eight-pointed star of chaos, or fell symbols of individual gods, is worked into their immense armor. Grisly, cadaverous chunks of the champions who dared face them are hung from black chains. Baleful runes that bind the power of the warp into their massive forms are inscribed by their idolaters, and some also bear the icons of powerful warlords they have fought with.